Hello and welcome to Simply Technical. I'm one of your hosts, Evan. I'm joined with Keaton again as a co-host. And uh, we have a returning guest. It's our first guest since um, taking our little hiatus, our break. Um, Dave, David Kurt, uh, who is currently in his fourth year of um, medical uh, med school. Um, but welcome, Dave. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so since we have two medical uh, professionals, I guess is the right term. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just know biology. Um, I, I pay money. So I, I don't I think I'd consider myself professional quite yet. Uh, so Close medical enough. medical experts, I don't, I'm not for sure what to, to categor, categorize you guys as. Medical uh, trainees, maybe. Medical trainees, maybe. Okay. For me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Keith. I'm, a, yeah, I'm just a guy who plays with the cells. <laughs> um but so we're gonna stick to medical topics for the most part i mean if we venture off into something else it's perfectly fine uh but we wanted to start talking about the demar hamlin that's the big thing here happening in the nfl um as many of you know he had a, he got you know a routine tackle uh, he was on defense tackling and uh he just fell down got back up and then just fell down again like collapsed uh doctors are saying cardiac arrest you know cardiac event i don't know if you guys have any more details on that uh i guess you guys have obviously seen the play yeah so i mean i don't know so i didn't watch the game live which was um i should have watched it because i mean it, it was theoretically going to be important for the chiefs which it's it's my team um <laughs> But and normally I like I, I like watching the Bills. I like watching the the Bengals. They're both pretty good teams. But um, like so so he got hit. I mean, it, it yeah, it looked pretty. It didn't look like a terrible hit. Um, yeah. He did get. It looked like maybe like a shoulder pad to the chest. Um, and then yeah, he stood up, maybe took a step or half step, uh, and then fell down. And it really looked like you know, um, what's known as syncope which we can't really I can't really diagnose that by watching somebody fall down but he just he seemed like he stood up got woozy and fell down um which is which definitely would point to a a heart cause which we we pretty much already know that that was what happened he was in a um you know an abnormal heart rhythm that wasn't getting oxygen to his brain so he passed out like and had to do CPR yeah, it wasn't like he fell down and like braced himself. I mean, it was just a complete collapse. Oh yeah, he was unconscious uh, by the time he hit the ground for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, you know, current updates, he just got trans uh, transferred to uh, a Buffalo facility, so he's out of ICU. Uh, so he's in relatively stable condition. Um. So, I obviously, mean, go ahead. Yeah. Well, one, one like question i was wondering is what are the odds of surviving like a cardiac arrest whenever you do have cpr available like hmm. so i mean honestly they're pretty poor yeah that's um, what i was thinking i thought it was, i thought for sure that uh, he wasn't going to survive because of that like so outside of the hospital um i mean the like the one year survival time for anybody who has like the best CPR even um, it's like 10%. Uh, 
you know, it's it's pretty like poor if you have cardiac arrest outside of the hospital. It's pretty bad. Ten or eleven percent um people survive to one year. Now Damar Hamlin is a professional <laughs> athlete. He's he's a young guy. He's in really good shape. I mean, they have not released what they found. I mean, I don't think they've really found anything. Um, it's a, it's a pretty weird, like it's a complicated workup when someone his age, without like a known heart condition or structural heart disease, they can easily see mm-hmm. has this happened to him. Um, so he's definitely going to probably get some very, I mean. Besides the fact that he's a professional athlete, he's going to get intense workup for this. And who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I do you know if uh, NFL player? I'm pretty sure NFL players probably go through the whole uh, workup again, EKG and echo to make sure you don't have like HCM. Right. Yeah. He's. I mean, surely he's. Um, I, I mean, he said so many times in his life he's been an athlete. Surely his whole life that. Um, hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy would have been picked up on any number of his phys- physical exams um, or he would have had something like this happen in the past or a family member um, mm-hmm. but you know i mean some people defy the odds yeah yeah and i mean there are there are uh like genetic uh mutations i think i think it's in a sodium transporter that predispose can predispose uh people to a sudden cardiac arrest at a young age although i mean i don't know if that means they should be doing genome sequencing on all the athletes to <laughs> to make sure and i might be getting that wrong because i don't it's been a long time since i saw the work on that but i do believe there's some genetic modifications that predispose you so i should probably state even though it's it should be obvious but i'm not sure that it is that i'm definitely not an expert on um hearts i'm a fourth year medical student so i've had some medical training but you kind of just realize every year of medical school that there's a lot you don't know there's a way where you don't know you learn more more that you don't know hardly or you learn that you don't know hardly anything oh, yeah. at the end of your schooling and i mean i feel like you know, no matter how much research I do, um, there's going to be things I get wrong and don't know. So, I mean, they I do really... call it a medical practice, right? Not a. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but I'm not even. Uh, I'm, we're kind of speculating here. Um, yeah, and I mean, he's obviously, this is not like we're not giving medical advice to people, um, as far as like or diagnosing him, because obviously we're not his doctor and we're not um, other people's doctors, so. Um, we can definitely clarify that. And really, so um, for anybody who's in the know, uh, the reading that I did about this was, I mean, from the website up to date, which is, it's like a subscription um, service for, it's like a kind of a Google type search engine for medical uh, information. And they, and they give their own recommendations. Now, they're not like um, infallible by any means, but they usually have pretty good research done. But uh, a lot of the times it seems like when I'm on the units, people with experience, you know, they're always going to be more knowledgeable than what UpToDate has. It, it's a little, it's not surface level. It's not WebMD, but it's it's also not like, you can't just <laughs> use UpToDate and be a, a doctor 
in anything probably. Um, but, but that's really what I read most of this. So like for this article is called um, Approach to Sudden Cardiac Arrest in the Absence of Apparent Structural Heart Disease. So oh. um, assuming that Damar Hamlin did not have any um, apparent structural heart disease, which, I mean, th that's kind of what we assume, but... We don't know for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, his doctors can only say what his family wants uh, to be... Wants to be released. Really, the, you know, their obligation is to the patient. They have no obligation to the public to tell them the truth um, about a patient's medical history or current treatment or anything. So um, it's all kind of a, a funny exercise. Uh, and really, I do not envy people who have to give press releases on a patient's status. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that was not a an easy task. Yeah. Well, I mean, doctors are not very often having to give public briefings like that. I mean, I'm a doctor. I'm going to go ahead and call a press conference. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're probably the ones who do are working for uh, <laughs> best example is probably like this professional sports organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, or like a government official, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but, but I guess they don't, they don't expect the them to be announcing whether they lived lived or not is <laughs> kind of crazy. I'm sure those those uh, sports medicine people are like, oh yeah, he's uh, torn an ACL, he's out for the season. <laughs> not all, he's he's alive <laughs> at least. That's honestly like those things would be the things I would be most scared to release because that's like um, the highest potential to affect uh, that players chances of return like yeah being marketable you know um and if i was a family member if i was a player i probably would say can you please just not release like things that are going to affect my employability yeah yeah um, and speaking of i wonder if he'll be able to make a recovery from this and play again or or not i mean people have come back from like open heart surgery like jeff green is probably the most recent uh, professional athlete i can think of and, but this is going to be, I mean, that's going to be scary too, if you actually did want to play again. And that's what everybody keeps asking, you know, to, to the doctors and they're, I totally get it. They don't want to answer that question. Um, and I think the, the main reason is that like what happened to him is really scary, like terrifying. Um, and honestly, I feel like everybody feels really lucky that he is alive. Uh, that he, he didn't have a stroke when he was in cardiac arrest. Um, I, I tried to watch uh, the recording and, and they went to commercial. So you can't really see on the recording how long it took them to start CPR. Uh, but really the, the data suggests that you want to have CPR in less than a minute. Um, yeah. Between the time your heart stops and uh, to, to preserve all your neurological function. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now they like, would say, go ahead. I'm sure they got on him quick. I mean, I, I was watching and I thought like, uh, I, I, my immediate thought was that he had a cardiac arrest. I was, I guess that's as like predisposed to thinking that since I work on hearts. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, I bet they got on it immediately. And I, I bet they had, I'm sure they had. Defibrillators uh, maybe. Defibrillators, yeah. Ready to go. 
So uh, it looked like when when they went to commercial, they hadn't started it yet. Uh, oh, really? That's what. Um, but I mean, I didn't start a timer. I mean, I think thirty seconds probably before they went to commercial. So honestly, they could yeah. have gotten it. Uh, yeah. They definitely could have gotten it. Um, but you know, that's what you worry about. But honestly, he's they've already released that he is like neurologically intact. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the fact that he didn't have a stroke from that is, is a miracle or it's not a miracle, but it's, <laughs> it's uh it's great. It's, it's yeah. good. Um, but it's still like, I mean, he's, you know, people who have CPR, uh, the outlook is usually not good. Um, unless there's something yeah. weird, like something reversible they can, they can yeah. treat. It's not going to, I always come back. wonder what the outlook is for normal people though. or like, um, you know, most people who are going to have CPR are, are like on death's door already. So, so I always wonder what the, what the, you know, I mean, sudden cardiac death is something that ha- it's not like an uncommon thing. It, it is uncommon, but it is not this, the, the whole world would have you think that it's unheard of in young people, which it is right. not. And, um, I wonder what the data is on people who get CPR that are young and fairly healthy. Yeah. So that's, that's the weird thing. It's like, uh, they usually have, uh, ischemic heart disease, which is like, you know, they've had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're usually like over 60 (laughs) and it's a disease process that starts when you're in your teens, um, Mm -hmm. of just building plaque in your arteries. And then, uh, some of that plaque gets disrupted is usually what happens and then it blocks off all the oxygen you get keaton you know all about this Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's usually um so like the heart attack will lead to uh, an arrhythmia an abnormal heart rhythm that will lead to death um but in someone who's less than 60 it's less likely that it's that but i mean especially in someone who's damar hamlin's age yeah um, that uh, there's like i would say there is the chances are astronomically low that he had ischemic heart disease he's a professional athlete. yeah no no there no is definitely, definitely zero uh so usually young people probably have a, a structural condition um, yeah like that what we talked about hokum is that hypertrophic obstructive cardiomyopathy that is usually what is the case when a young athlete um goes into sudden cardiac arrest or sudden yeah, cardiac death. yeah um i had a question so do you think that because obviously he's in a high stress situation it's a football game uh you have adrenaline running through you i'm guessing that would aid you in survivability maybe because i mean how often are you that adrenaline driven when, when somebody has a cardiac event um it if you look at a lot of like young people who have a uh, heart attack or sudden cardiac death, so non ischemic causes, a lot of times you'll hear that it's like, Oh, my dad was mowing the lawn. Uh, so something that was like, is hot and like a little bit of stress. And then there's also the athletes case. Most the first, actually I talked about this in the last episode. I'll kind of show the last episode a little bit, because uh, if you go to listen to the end, we talk a little bit about uh what, what could treat uh, sudden cardiac death in young people and the uh, recent uh, biology advances. 
but like most um i think most are under a stress condition like sudden cut the first the first symptom onset of like a someone who is going to have a, a a cardiac event at a young age is is usually death like that's the the first presentation if you haven't had a workup so uh yeah i think most most of the time it's under stressful high high adrenal i guess adrenaline could be a way to, i don't know if it's adrenaline itself rather than the getting the heart rate up so high uh that causes it um and I don't know if you have you heard of or talked about. And this is something that I had never heard of until I started researching this. It's not being taught in my med school unless it did, and I just totally ignored it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I've never heard of it. It's called um, catecholamer, catecholaminergic polymorphic ventricular tachy, tachycardia. I have not heard of that, but That's, I can kind of put that together and yeah. Yeah, it's it's rare. It's a cause of arrhythmia, and it it is um, associated with stress, like physiologic stress. Um, which, which honestly, in this in this situation, it, it's rare. It's genetic, um, but it's usually like oh, someone was in a, a stressful situation, and then they went, they had syncope, fell down, and then they went into a, a fatal arrhythmia, um, or you know arrhythmia that should have been fatal but they were resuscitated through cpr mm -hmm. and uh defibrillation yeah or yeah. something like a pacemaker maybe so they, they'll eventually need need a pacemaker yeah a uh defibrillator an implanted defibrillator nice yeah but and which and that and that's the thing about um demar hamlin depending on what his mm. the, they have not spoken a word on his etiology I don't know if they know his etiology. Um, he, since he's so young, this is such a weird case. He's going to need a full, he's probably going to need a full genome or not a full <laughs> genome, but they could do a, he might get it because he's a public figure. Um, yeah. A focused genetic assay on known uh, heart conditions that could lead yeah. to an arrhythmia. Yeah, known channelopathies. That's what I, I looked it up. That's yes. like what the, yeah, the yeah. general. Yeah, exactly. Um, that I mean, I think if he was not a professional athlete, if he was someone like you or me, and that happened at twenty two, he would it would warrant it. Um, you mm -hmm. would be. This is a situation where you are going to do do everything you can uh, to yeah. diagnose this. And, and, and the truth of this is, is I mean, in the future, I know a lot of people will hate the idea of genome sequencing becoming a part of medicine because I feel like it's very person, like personal data. But that personal data could end up saving your life if you, you know, you choose to do that, and your doctor is able to interpret it. Say, like, oh, you have this channelopathy. Like maybe you should avoid this. And in the future, the real future, I assume that we'd be able to treat these things um with i don't know some new gene editing medicine or even just basic anti-arrhythmic drugs i'm sure there's uh some for some channelopathies i don't really know because i'm not definitely not an arrhythmia guy i avoid that in the lab mostly but there's lots of anti-arrhythmia medications that i'm sure maybe maybe you'd be like oh you you probably could use this <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's bought himself some 
uh, anti-arrhythmic medication. Um, so at least for, at least where I've been uh, practicing, if you code is what we call it, I have a code blue, <laughs> uh, which is cardiac, cardiac yeah. arrest usually, um, you get uh, like some amiodarone is like the go-to um, probably for 24 hours a drip, mm. at least 24 hours. But if they think it was um, cardiac origin, they might be on it for a lot longer than, mm-hmm. than that. Uh, so, I, you know, they didn't, I don't think they've commented on what he's on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's very personal business. But now, now uh, the, the problem is like, there's so few, um, anti-rhythmics that are even used, especially in codes and stuff that it's probably pretty easy to guess. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm sure that you got amiodarone during that code. Yeah. The only other option is lidocaine, and I don't think that's used very often. No, yeah. Okay, so so then I, I saw all, all weekend, uh, or all week, I guess, was the normal Twitter uh, insanity where they were blaming his his sudden cardiac death on the vaccine and myocarditis um, induced uh, vaccine induced myocarditis leading to myopathy eventually causing the sudden cardiac death and so now a lot of people are reposting and posting all these videos of athletes randomly collapsing, which you don't really know if it's actually this year or if it's from 10 years ago. Some of the quality of them look super old. Um, but yeah, it's been like the nonstop stuff I've seen. And it's kind of driving me a little bit crazy, but well, I figured we could talk a little bit about it. Well, and I, we're not, con- it's not 100% confirmed that he's had the jab, but it's very likely. I mean, most, um, I think NFL is like 90 to 95% of the league has had the jab so um and a lot of the five percent that uh, five or ten percent that doesn't have it a lot of us already know their names like they (laughs) outed deal about outed i guess as a uh didn't get the vaccine so yeah um we don't know 100 but it's it's very likely that he has it Mm -hmm. Uh, so i mean that that's a lot of steps yeah (laughs) Uh, and kind of leaps in logic uh stuff that we don't really know I mean, is that theoretically possible? So yes, <laughs> that's going to be taken way out of context. Can, yeah, can yeah. the vaccine uh, cause myocarditis? Yes. Can myocarditis lead to cardiomyopathy? Yes. Uh, can cardiomyopathy lead to an arrhythmia? Yes. Um, but that's a lot of uh, ifs um, for one thing, and we have and stuff we have no we have no idea if DeMar Hamlin had the vaccine. I mean, I guess we can probably speculate that he did, but we don't know that he's had myocarditis. We don't know that he's had cardiomyopathy. If he did have cardiomyopathy, I'm doubting he would be playing uh, ball well. Yeah. 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 Um, I I think his heart function would have been worsened but um by that quite a bit and he would not be able to perform uh, like a professional athlete performs yeah yeah my my main issue with this whole vaccine thing that everyone's pu- pushing is 
if you took the it, first off, you'd have to take the numbers they put point out as as true. So if you take these numbers, which are kind of ridiculous at face value, say okay, all the, the, we have a massive increase in sudden cardiac death um, in young people, young athletes. Uh, so we'll take that as true. I haven't actually dug into the sources at all. But how do you separate COVID-induced myocarditis versus the vaccine-induced myocarditis? And people have shown that COVID-induced myocarditis is is a more extreme stress myocarditis than the the vaccine-induced myocarditis, which both are very rare. Both are extremely rare. But I think um, the idea that that there's no way to separate the two in, in these cases if you take their numbers at face value. And then you also can't separate the fact that, okay, well, what if about COVID plus vaccine induced myocarditis? No one even knows if that's a thing. Like, like do does it make it worse? Does it make it better? Does it make it less likely to have severe myocarditis from COVID? It's just like all these things that that they make, like you said, they make all these leaps that don't make a lot of sense. And if you actually looked at the CDC uh, data, and I know that uh, every every person who thinks vaccine-induced deaths are CDC is like the devil. Um, uh, but if you look at the deaths in, in the U.S. and sudden cardiac deaths, you do see an increase in the last few years. But you know when that increase starts. So if you, if you take 18 to 39-year-olds, and look at sudden cardiac deaths in that population, you see an increase. And you see an increase starting in March of 2020. And it plateaus around 2021. And like I don't know what's what's a more clear evidence uh than that, that it's a more it's a COVID in, in myocarditis rather than vaccine-induced myocarditis. And personally, I don't think you should really be worried about either of them, uh, because the because the rates are still extremely low. And in those studies, did they rule out? So, so like, I mean, I don't know. We'd have to look at the studies, which is really boring. But um, yeah, <laughs> did they uh, make sure they did not include anyone who um, possibly tried uh, to self harm? No, um, no. <laughs> this is just straight up uh, <laughs> induced substance that could cause all those things. Yes, uh, yes, that's that's very true. And and there's been more substance abuse. I'm pretty sure since the lockdown started. Like I think there's, there's so many variables. Been, I think more um, intentional self harm too. Yeah, there's so there's so. I'm really sad, but I mean, it's hard to separate separate these things sometimes. Yeah, and and so I hate these people trying to push a narrative when they don't really understand stats. It really is just like whenever COVID first happened and there were sudden cardiac deaths in athletes and, you know, you have the left wing and you have the right wing. And at that time, all the left wing people were like, COVID is causing sudden cardiac death in these athletes. And now we've come full circle. It's like the, it's like the ultimate horseshoe horseshoe theory. In politics, we've come we've come to all the way to the other side where the now instead it's the right wing saying, "Oh, it's the vaccine are causing all these athlete deaths." I'm like, this is a never ending uh, uh, game where you can play with play with the data and, and interpret it in any way you want. And I think actually, you know, now that I think about it, which I didn't before, I think that the substance abuse deaths are probably more likely cause of sudden cardiac death uptick in the last three four years. It's not always the simplest. That's the truth. But um, 
and I hope those studies, if they were, you know, in good faith, then they probably did account for that. I would say mm -hmm. these weren't, it wasn't even studies. It was just, you take the CDC website and you take the deaths in the last mm. three years and you can just plot a graph. So I don't know what they count as certain deaths versus not. I didn't really, I didn't do it personally. I just saw yeah. pictures of it. So yes. yeah. Well, okay. So these, um, from the vaccine or even from getting COVID, um, how quickly do those, I'm sorry, I forgot the term that you guys said that this heart issue that is caused by, caused by the vaccine and COVID, what was it called? Uh, myocarditis. Mar mitocarditis. Myo. Myocarditis. So how quickly can that, I guess, be presented in somebody after they get if it was to be caused by the vaccine or from COVID, is that like an instantaneous thing? Like, Oh, I got COVID. Now I have this heart condition. Is there um, stats on that or data there? I mean, I'm sure there's stats and data. I am not well studied, but the concept of like, um, time lag between something that happened and then something that followed is like the closer it happened in time, the more likely they are to be related. Uh, so like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, uh, myocarditis itself is going to be more of an acute reaction to like an infection or if it's a vaccine-induced myocarditis, it would be to the uh, antigen that whatever you're presenting to make antibodies against. Um, so it's like myo-muscle-itis, so inflammation. So it's like a it's immune response that's pretty acute, and, but it's a, it's a matter of the damage. Is it doing damage to the heart? long term or is it not i don't think all myocarditis does like a permanent damage but definitely not something you want to have <laughs> definitely not something you want to have yeah well the, the point i was trying to bring up was like if you say he got the vaccine in 2021 you know is that time frame long enough to for this these to those steps that we were laying out to actually take place um you know i think a, you would have the highest i mean You'd have the highest risk probably pretty early, but but realistically, like the reason you don't want to damage your heart is is it doesn't divide, so it's not gonna it's not gonna really gonna repair itself very well. Um, I don't know much about myocarditis itself, so I don't really know what the response afterwards is. Um, but yeah, it, it, I I would assume that it's it sort of improves with time. A normal myocarditis incidents would probably improve over over a decent amount of time so say because he got drafted in 2021 so i was saying like if he you know got drafted 2021 and they start playing what in august or something like that um so like if he got you know before training camp so say he was to get the vaccine in 2021 with these issues they probably would have what i'm gathering from what you're saying is it would probably happen a lot sooner than you know two years down the road I think so. Yeah, most likely. I but I don't know. I don't know for a fact. <laughs> yeah, most likely. Yeah. This is it's just a theory right now. So yeah. Okay. But I also think, I also think there's no way he'd be playing professional uh, sports yeah. if he had, so, like, the result of a heart damage from myocarditis. I mean, <laughs> I think he would be like functioning pretty poorly. Um, at that point, there would be I, more telltale signs before 
Yeah, I mean, he, a major incident like this. This dude. I mean, he would have probably... cardiomyopathy. Probably have trouble exercising in yeah. general, or like taking walking up two flights of stairs. If it's like really bad, then yeah. even one flight of stairs uh, versus playing his heart out every single game. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> no pun intended. I really don't. <laughs> or maybe I didn't intend it, but there's like. I just feel like he, that's not the. It's probably not the cause. I'd say that's hasn't 100% been ruled out. But I mean, just the odds of that happening are so low versus more likely stuff. Um, we probably will never know for certain. But no. Yeah. Have you unless all he, heard unless of, he comes out and says it? I guess obviously he comes true, out and confirms I, I don't it. Think but, the doctors will be able to tell, like, because they would have had to have evidence of. Uh, cardiomyopathy before this which if they did why is he playing they could have told us that right right now like they would have seen it like that would be structural heart heart disease which they've kind of come out and said that he he didn't have anything obvious it sounded like they sound like they need to do more testing they would see that on a on a sonogram of his heart an echo just through the chest like it'd be really really easy to see that yeah so Um, i didn't mean to cut you off earlier i was just fine Uh, I, i was I was saying, um, I was asking you guys, you've heard of Comotio Cordis? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think by definition, sudden cardiac death. So he couldn't have had this because he's not dead. Um, he did have sudden cardiac arrest, but he's alive still. So um, he did not have Comotio Cordis. But the principle of it... Um, is that th- this happens a few times every year, uh, usually in baseball players. They get hit in the chest with a baseball and puts them into a fatal arrhythmia and they die. Um, I, so I, I think that was one of the things that was floating around, at least in my circles. Um, yeah, yeah, I floated get, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he yeah. got hit. Um, just it's a weird thing that, like, super weird super rare but um just at the exact right it's mostly about timing and the cardiac cycle that threw him into a weird rhythm and all this happened uh and there could be nothing wrong with him other than he got hit the wrong time yeah um and then they were perfectly wrong place (laughs) yeah and that's never been recorded to happen in football before no i think it has once i think it happened in the 70s but I'm not for sure. Wait, maybe it was just a cardiac cardiac arrest. Uh, not. I'd a, only seen cases in, in baseball. Hockey. Baseball. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was. It's just sudden cardiac arrest in the 70s. Not a not induced from impact. Hmm. So you could be right. I. No, no, no. no. I remember now. Miko um, Sinet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, it would sort of line up. Like he did get hit in the chest, ish. Uh, it has to be over <laughs> the cardiac shadow, so like somewhere in the sternum area, which is, I mean, if you watch it, like that sort of where he took a shoulder pad. I mean, it's, I thought like he took a helmet, unlikely. Took helmet right to the chest to me. Um, you could be right. Um, but the fact that he, even this being pretty, uh, I'd say it's somewhat unlikely, yeah, I mean, it's very, probably very unlikely. I'd say it's still more likely than this weird like cascade from a COVID vaccine, which I'm not a I'm not opposed to hearing 
like criticisms of the vaccine or anything like that um yeah it's like if i wouldn't deny that there that myocarditis can occur from it but um yeah that's a i just think that i don't think that that's i think we as humans it's a very normal human thing and i do it all the time like to see patterns and things and sometimes they don't actually exist yeah you know you can see things uh uh the internet like amplifies so much uh to make makes it feel like things are happening so much more often especially now everything's on video so i mean it's pretty scary you see people are putting compilations of all these athletes collapsing and it makes you feel like it's like like an epidemic and and for one, maybe maybe they all happened in the last year. I have no idea, but it looks like a lot. I mean, some any anyone could put together a compilation from the last twenty years and make make you feel like this is something that's happening all over the place. And it, it's just one of the natural flaws of the internet, and um, we're we're like meant to uh, we we worry about you know our locale, like that's how we're kind of evolved to, but the, it make the your locale when you're on the internet becomes um, the whole world. <laughs> so it feels like, yeah. feels like everything is going really wrong in your immediate community um, when you're exposed to all the negative stuff going on. Um, I would add that there are other causes of uh, collapse. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I saw one. Many, that might not be cardiac. So um, I, I don't know. That, that reminds me, I saw one this morning. Maybe I've been on this rabbit hole too much recently because it just pissed me off. Uh, I was like in this these uh, vaccine corners this morning, and it was a video of someone like collapsing during a wedding. And I was like, okay, uh, it, it, that happens all the time. People pass out. All, they tell you that's yeah. like they tell you like all the time. You don't lock your knees during the wedding. We have no idea. Did this person die from? Did they yeah, just exactly. have a cardiac arrest or they just pass out like <laughs> yeah so like a like a vagal which is like a vasovagal it's like a it's kind of like a reflex where your heart rate just slows down for whatever reason it can usually like because of stress yeah <laughs> until yeah. you uh there. yeah until <laughs> I, and you fall down and like usually that wakes you back up it gets your heart rate back up uh but this is definitely not what happened to yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, usually when people pass out, I mean, it could be a, a heart related, it could be brain related, they could have a seizure. Uh, mm. I mean, there are so many things. It's it's not a easy problem to solve. Usually, they could have a stroke. Um, yeah, could be wearing their girdle too tight, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you might be on a substance. <laughs> That's actually very yeah. very common, and then not even like an. A bad substance like they if you take benadryl it can cause you to uh, pass out really <laughs> so uh, it it can uh yeah it can lead to some syncope mm. i mean usually it'd be a really old person with other problems but yeah i don't think it'd cause it <laughs> and, yeah uh, damar hamlin but yeah yeah what are that? What's the uh, you could fall asleep? What's the uh, narcolepsy? You just have narcolepsy. <laughs> Someone has narcolepsy. <laughs> I, I think it'd be rare for them to fall asleep standing up too, but you know, it could happen. Uh, yeah, it could happen for sure. In uh, fact, everyone thought I had narcolepsy freshman year of college because I, I never slept and I didn't drink caffeine, and so I would fall asleep in class all the time. 
I yeah. do not have narcolepsy. It's just tired. this might be a super simple answer but to go off of what dave said earlier about it's mainly a cause in baseball um this cardiac event um do we think that's just because like the ball is more focused or like i mean i guess obviously football players are wearing pads so i don't know if this is like you know maybe a rugby you know uh Rugby has issues, you know, they don't wear pads. Maybe it happens more common than that. I, I'm speculating. So um, I think part of it is the, I mean, l- let me look really fast because I was just reading about this. And I don't want to get it wrong, but so it's about timing, location, velocity. I think that's the big thing. So um, 40 miles per hour and, and a hard object. Um, but then they think there's also some element to the shape. So the most important thing is timing, but like a baseball is just like a specific shape, a specific hardness, and usually is going probably over 40 or maybe around 40 <laughs> in high school. And uh, uh, probably like a football, you know, an impact that uh, is going to be pretty rare if it's 40 miles per hour if you're kids and playing football, you know? Yeah. If you're both running 20 miles per hour, but that'd be, be pretty hard hit. That'd be pretty scary. Yeah, Evan, you're the engineer, isn't it? Like, uh, I mean, that'd be force, right? I mean, force is yeah. the area mass times velocity squared. Mass times velocity, yeah. <laughs> but then it's got to hit that specific location at the specific time. Uh, I did see, I saw a video of it happening in hockey with a hockey puck. Man, that that really stinks. Yeah, I think I've heard yeah. about it in hockey too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious, like, why is baseball, you know? To yeah, go down that rabbit hole of like why, why baseball? But and it's not if velocity I mean, is so important. Then I would say it's not simple. I'd say it is a good question, and it's. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's just funny. the physics of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a really weird phenomenon, honestly. Like, uh, definitely not in the public um, perception. But when you the- wear pads, so like your pads like come down to like right above your you know abdomen. And so, like, if you're getting hit, it's gonna your pads are gonna disperse that you know force over your area. So yeah, that yeah. might not be the ideal shape of getting hit. So I have to watch the video again, but maybe he gets like hit underneath. You know, I'm... I will say uh, it is not like a an impossible thing to have it in football, and it's not not even theoretically unheard of before because like me with all my own heart problems. My whole life, I was never allowed to play football for fear of uh, commotio cordis. Oh, really? And that was always said. They always said we don't, you can't get hit in the chest hard. Huh. Uh, but also, I probably much higher risk for being thrown out of rhythm from an impact than the did, average person. Did they but explain they, to you why? Yeah, not so really. Because <laughs> I genuinely think they they. My, they could have they probably have a really good reason for saying that i think you went to some really good docs yeah yeah um, they always said you can't um, get you can play other sports at least until high school they didn't, they didn't want me to play anymore but uh like it was always when i was younger you can't play football you can't get hit in the chest you can't get hit in the chest that was like they always yeah. said but i guess they're going to tell me to not play baseball <laughs> yeah i'd like i'd definitely like to hear about that sometimes <laughs> you, you can ask him why you're more prone to that yeah, maybe maybe it was also uh, that you know that secret family. My dad trying to get tell the doctor like, "Hey, don't let him. We don't want him to play football." Oh, <laughs> it might have been that. 
anything, I guess. So, <laughs> I mean, but I feel like that. I mean, I'm not a heart doctor, obviously, but if I was going to come up with something like the whole uh, uh, angle of like maybe they're worried that you're not going to, that you might have like an ischemic problem if you get your heart, your cardiac output just too high and you're working it too hard. Yeah, I, you know, I think that, years. except I played basketball and stuff. So, yeah, that was okay. also pretty high intensity. Um, I don't know which one's more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. You're right. <laughs> um, is your dad, uh, was he worried about the head injuries in a football? He is now, which <laughs> definitely okay. now, but back then it was always like, don't get, you can't get hit in the chest. Okay. So he, oh, I mean, your dad probably, I mean, without a doubt, knows more than I do as well. Well, they don't let, I mean, I don't know what age this was, Keaton, but I know that they don't let certain kids play, like obviously tackle football for, um, you know, several years now. I don't know if that was a thing when we were kids, but like I think you have to be like third grade or something like that to start playing like contact football. Oh, really? Yeah, no, it was, I was older than third grade. It was, but no, it's just a fun fact is it wasn't, it's not, I'm mostly just saying it's not like some uh, made up thing like, People, people decided all of a sudden, oh, football can cause this. It's something I grew up hearing in yeah. my own uh, life. Um, any last thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin or the uh, injury? Hope he does well. I think he's doing <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever finished my thought, but I think it's just – it's good that he's come this far. Um and I think that's what media is like keeps asking about playing football, playing football, playing football. But like the fact that he's alive is like, we dodged a bullet. Not, not we, I wasn't involved, but um, like it's, it's really good. He's alive. Um, I mean, if going back to football is really important to him, then I hope that he can do that. But who knows, man, I really don't know. Keith, did you have anything you wanted to, Nope, I think uh, I'll leave with uh, and we'll move on to the next subject after this. Um, But I'll leave with doctors say some really cringe things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The tweet, uh, I guess he first woke up and I'm sure in the event and, you know, he's laid in the hospital, but they were explaining like, hey, this is what happened, you know, because I'm sure he had, you know, had like breathing tubes and stuff. Uh, This is what happened to you. And then, you know, they hand him a whiteboard so he can talk or, you know, write things down. And he writes down, like, did we win? And the doctor said, yeah, you won the game of life. And that's probably maybe the most cringe thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> I hear stuff like that every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Just put me out right then. <laughs> that's so funny, man. That, Yeah, that's that doesn't surprise me at all that somebody would have said that, like, but that's, I think, what they were trying to. Uh, You're lucky to be alive. Don't focus yeah, so much on football. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, um, it's like they wanted probably not to uh, dash his hopes or anything, but just uh, convey how serious it was. Uh, it's very serious. And I don't know if people asking about sports are trying to downplay. I don't really think they are, but. It's it's pretty it's scary it's really scary. Yeah, well I'm glad I had something heart, uh, lighthearted. Uh, about I dashed it. it. <laughs> um, and we don't want to talk about this super long. I know we're at like close to fifty minute mark, but 
Um, on the same topic of kind of the NFL, the NFPL, the National Football League Player Association, is claiming that concussions are up. Obviously, we've seen the Tua um, incident. He's had, I think, three concussions this year, um, and two of which were in the same game. Um, yeah. So that's pretty bad, but it, they're they're claiming that it has to do with the fields are artificial turf, um, which doing some research is about 50, a little less than 50% of the fields are artificial turf. I guess the, from the engineering standpoint of like the ground can absorb more of an impact, like, you know, dirt absorbs more of an impact than artificial turf. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense from a like super high level. Um, but I don't know. What are your guys thoughts? Dave, you want to start? It seems like yeah. you are trying to form a thought. <laughs> um, I mean, so much of this goes back to stats, man. Maybe you guys should just have a stats episode one day. Um, <laughs> but I'm not convinced that, you know, this isn't an outlier year. Um, obviously, I think protecting players is the number one priority. Um, but is it a trend increasing concussions um which you'd have to have what three data points keep no i don't know i <laughs> i think so i don't uh, i'm also not that good at stats i i, I mean i from engineering i remember that two <laughs> two data points is not you can't make a trend with just two data points um yeah yeah you, you need at least three points evan you did you do yeah. stats like that uh yes engineering stats yeah okay um <laughs> i mean obviously a... you want your you want your population or sample size to be as large as possible yeah I mean, that's the most um give you the best trend trend line but i mean i would um, like to see i wouldn't like to see it but um if i was to be convinced that there are more concussions happening now um i would first need to see that this is a consistent uh, thing that's happening and i mean because like there are statistical outliers all the time um there might have been low it might have been a low year last year it might be a high year this year i, I really don't know uh, do and, you have the yeah so i have some stats up from yeah. uh 2015 to 2021 2022 still collecting obviously um and this just includes regular season and preseason 20 2015 had 275 concussions um and this last year in 2021 had 187. Um, so obviously the trend is down. That's your two points. Uh, the high was actually 2017 with 281. Um, and the lowest was 2020 at 172. So is we're where you can show that on screen. Uh, yes. Me. Share screen. Screen one. It's probably not get wrapped out for us, is it? No. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a, like a really good trend, except for that the trend is going down. It's, you know, you have data points all over, but um, maybe I can zoom in here. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, looking at that, it looks like, it does look like it's going down. <laughs> um well, I mean, they have implemented so many new rules since in the last few years. 
And they released new helmets, I think, in 2019. Yeah. Um, some. Too bad they confound the new rules by <laughs> releasing new helmets. And so these, uh, if you can't read these asterisks down here, um, 2020 was the COVID year. Yeah. Uh, so, so no preseason games. So I guess, or less preseason games. Um, and then they, let's see. Yeah. So they could also have concussions during conditioning, weightlifting, uh, and individual training sessions. So, yeah, which is true. Um, you know, I think the players association is just trying to protect their players, which is a very good thing. Um, I think, especially after the Tua thing, um, I I heard a lot of talk about they have these concussion spotters in the in the um in the stands, right. That are supposed to be, uh, watching, um, and calling people out, uh, if they look like they've had a concussion, that sounds like a lot harder job than <laughs> they make it sound like people like these concussion spotters should have seen that, but it's like, I don't know, man, that's, that's difficult work. Um, it's not like it's a, it's not like a concussion looks the exact same every single time. Um, and more play like certain players might be more prone. I mean, um, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard before that if you've had a concussion, you're more likely to have another concussion. I don't know if that's a thing, but um, so, so I read I read a little bit about this. Um, it, it's yes, I, I think that you are more likely, especially in a certain time frame, um, and it's actually more dangerous uh, to have a concussion within a certain time before you've recovered from your previous concussion um so that's like i think what's behind the whole push is like uh if they have one concussion we need to keep them out of play until they've recovered from their first one and then their likelihood of serious complications like in the immediate term so like what happens is your chances of recovery like your uh your deficits are just going to stack on top of each other they can keep getting worse and worse and worse if you don't stop uh the traumatic injuries um they studied it some in uh afghanistan and in, like uh, the, i think even the gulf war um <laughs> desert storm and stuff they've been looking at concussions and the and soldiers and uh you know notice these these trends um now yeah it, it's all very a concussion what is a concussion right like you could define it as uh, like a change in baseline neurological function. Um, but if somebody is answering all your questions appropriately and so opening their eyes spontaneously, moving around like and doing purposeful movements, that gives them the Glasgow coma score of 15, <laughs> which really isn't saying much. Like, you know what I mean? Um, you're saying it could be faked? <laughs> no, I'm just saying um, on a lot of our scales, the GCS, that Glasgow Coma Scale, is a lot of what we use all the time to assess neurological status. But you have to be really, really uh, kind of hurt for that to even change at all. Uh, like it's I mean, maybe a 14 is like you're sleepy, like your eyes aren't opening on their own. You have to wake them up by voice. That's That would give you a 14 out of 15. So usually it's like 13 to 15 is okay. Um, less than that, 
<laughs> I'm probably getting into some boring, boring stuff. <laughs> but uh, I think my point is um, spotting from uh, a neurological chance, very subtle, uh, you know, especially for a concussion, it can be like, they're a little bit more tired. They're uh, maybe a little confused, maybe dizzy. Dizziness is a big, a big problem with people who've had concussions. That's really hard to spot from really far away uh, without doing an in-depth medical exam. Um, so I think the players association is right to be concerned about their players. I'm not sure that the turf is making much of a difference. It seems like everything's moving in the right direction. Um, you were reading some stat earlier that the difference in how many concussions there were per game or whatever per play was basically the same between a turf and grass field. I, I think we were talking talking about earlier. Yeah, I'm gonna find that really fast, but it's. I wonder was, that was one that was one data point. So like, I yeah, yeah. I wonder if though, if even if you just if we just took that at face value, if the if the concussion severity is different on turf, I was just thinking um, now, like, is, is it true that if you, when you fall and hit your head in the back, it's it can be more severe than a front like hit, a or front. am I making that up? Like, uh, I just I know in the in the in that. the UFC <laughs> in the UFC you cannot strike someone on the back of the head. I don't. I don't really know why. <laughs> I think. I think maybe it can affect vision or something. Um, but it, definitely that. So the the back of the brain is the acceptable region where the vision centers are. Um, okay. I, I'm not sure if that's uh, why they're telling them not to do that. If it's because of the like structures of the skull. I mean, yeah. If you punch someone in the face, they have like sinuses before brain and a lot yeah. of brain stuff. And just in the back, it's just kind of i mean there's yeah just a shorter shorter little path i don't know if that's the, the reason yeah uh, so so but i was thinking uh, i've seen several plays this year where the player gets knocked out not from the hit but from hitting their head on the on the on the ground and yeah. i'm just wondering if maybe that is why everyone's so gung ho right now about the grass versus turf debate is the concussions severity maybe being more extreme from being hit like a back of the head landing on the ground than than landing on landing on turf versus landing on grass i, I don't know so uh, evan have you ever heard of a deceleration injury no <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking <laughs> um the reason i ask is it's very physics uh oriented and it's a lot of like um i feel like i learned about it in physics one a lot with the car crashes um because the like when you're in a car crash the amount of it's like force over time um, oh impulse mm -hmm. exactly um so a deceleration injury is like a very high impulse so it's a um change in force a huge change of force over a very very short time um so if you theoretically increase the time of that impact by making the car crumble a little bit or i think in this instance if you made if i guess maybe the theory is that grass would 
absorb it over time slower, um, it could decrease the impulse. Um, because that that is definitely something that's been studied and is um, maybe not necessarily I, in football, um, but but like any any injury, um, really a lot of like vascular like uh, injuries can be caused by sudden deceleration, like car crashes. You don't have to hit your head on anything, but if you stop really fast, your head, your brain is going to smack into your skull in the front. You know, it's, um, yeah. <laughs> so the formula for impulse is change in momentum is equal to force times a change in time. Mm-hmm. So you uh, force times change in time. Yeah. So obviously you can't change the force. Like the force is going to be what it is, you know, based on the, you know, the acceleration of the car or the velocity of the car and the mass of the car. So like you can't, those are kind of given. So you can only change time in that, in that, in that situation. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's one of, it's a factor that could help. I think, I also think that's kind of the theory behind helmets. Although I don't think that there's very good data that they've really found helmets that have helped in football. Um, Uh, They just released one not too long ago. Um, but it, to Keaton's point, the change was really only on the front of the helmet. Um, hmm. you'll see players that have like a hex, it looks like a hexagon on their forehead. Um, and it just like helps distribute the force, uh, across the entire head than in like a particular spot, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I, I think that if they're still going to be decelerating at the exact same time interval, it might not matter for the in terms of um like the brain smacking into your skull you know yeah i think we should just uh ban football <laughs> <laughs> that honestly like that was a joke by the way i love football I, yeah. <laughs> I, um that is like what the whole discussion probably would boil down to right is it ethical to subject these guys to uh potential injuries and uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy is a lot of um what people are really worried about um which is probably still going to happen you know um regardless of if you keep these guys from plays for six weeks or whatever which doesn't seem to happen it seems like it's right when they return to baseline they take like a cognitive test um and then you know they get a what they think is a concussion they take that again if it's lower they wait keep them until their all their symptoms are gone and that test returns to normal mm-hmm. um and then the data shows they're probably not going to have that like second concussion problem um but they're likely to getting chronic traumatic encephalopathy is still still going to be there uh, it sure sounds like uh the whole NFL should be funding studies working on finding better mark like objective markers of concussion damage like cumulative yeah. concussion damage and do uh, you know what one of those is <laughs> no it's actually not a marker but um they found that people with the it's apoe is that oh apoe4 like which which yeah. uh variant um let me look really fast Probably APOE4. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's um, well, well, uh, go ahead sorry I was going to say, while he's explaining, Keaton, could you explain what APOE is? I don't really know. I oh, okay. uh, uh, So APOE4 is 
the ApoE allele that's most frequently associated with Alzheimer's disease. So if you have two copies of ApoE4, you have a much, I don't know what the difference in risk is, but it's much higher risk for Alzheimer's. And I'm pretty sure it's ApoE4 off, off the top of my head. Um, it's one of the... One of That's the, a, a DNA marker is what you said, right? Yeah, it's like a, a genotype. genotype of the ApoE gene of you know, one, two, three, or four. Okay. And you might have one copy of four. You might have two copies of four. You might have zero copies of four. And I think if four is the one, the correct one, four has a much higher increase or a much higher risk of uh, developing Alzheimer's disease. I think you're right about that. Um I thought I read somewhere that uh, apolipoprotein E4, epsilon 4, is like, a, they think it might be a risk factor um, for chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which you manifest as like, you know, early onset dementia, a lot of mood changes, um, stuff like that. Um, but interesting. Yeah, it's, it is interesting, but it's, it's all, uh, in the realm of uh theory i think I don't yeah think yeah it's hard to enough. it's hard to like 100 percent. no they don't even i don't even think they know why apoe4 predisposes to to alzheimer's and it's like a very like there's so many people trying to solve this problem because whoever whoever figures it out is going to be a quite well well renowned uh at least in the science field you know but and yeah, it's uh, all just associations at this point. It's not like if you have APOE4, you're guaranteed to you know, have Alzheimer's or be more likely to have traumatic brain injury right. death. And there's no reason to test it because you're... You can't really like, change honestly, it, right? So. The recommendations are going to be the same either way. Yeah. Um, you should go to bed early. You should eat right. Um, by early, I mean just sleep as adequately as you can yeah um, i think there was a show complete, there was a show um food diet yeah yeah it's like a <laughs> just living a normal healthy life there's not really anything you can you can do about but you should probably there's, you, there's evidence for sure that that those things work so yeah be more motivated to um maybe live healthier if you found out i don't think you should undervalue those things but i mean honestly yeah, yeah. The problem is that it's like, oh, we should all be doing that. But it's like there is good data that those things would significantly reduce your chance of getting Alzheimer's dementia. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Which, which one? It's, it's, sleep is is uh, one of the most common. Like the sleep big, deprivation one of the is. biggest things. Yeah. Amazing. Ooh, this it's has an, been a long time since I've read about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same here. I've gotten out of the health sphere a little bit but i did see um well, i didn't watch this yet i was going to watch it eventually but there's like the disney plus limitless show with chris hemsworth <laughs> and i started watching like the first episode the first episode was kind of cheesy so i didn't watch much past it but it did seem like there was some interesting stuff because uh peter atia went on on it for a couple and they had um I guess Chris Hemsworth, he's the Thor guy, <laughs> uh, had the ApoE4 gene when they did the, or two copies of it. So, uh, so he got ripped. Yeah. Well, well, it was uh, no, he he just found out he was already ripped. <laughs> but I guess it was like a big 
you know, awareness thing. A lot of people found out about that through through uh, the show. It's like, who, who knows? No one knows what Ghibli 4 is. No one even knows there's something that... I mean, very few people are aware that there's genes that predispose to diseases in general. Um, yeah. No, I thought that was cool. I, I, I haven't watched it because I didn't like the first episode, but I did hear about that a little bit, and I saw like a clip from it. It was interesting. I think it's a really important step towards an eventual gene therapy, which would be great. Yeah. I, I think right now, unfortunately, it's it's not. It's it probably shot. won't help you to know. It might cause anxiety, but honestly, yeah, I, think yeah. you can, I think you can buy this test commercially if you wanted to know. Oh, really? I think, well, I think it's 23andMe and stuff. Yeah, they, they do probably. that. But I, I actually think 23andMe removed that because, it, because uh, you know, there's two camps of doctors in these, and there's the camp that says you should not know these things because most people will worry and, like, stress themselves out so yeah. much. Like, there is a large amount of people who freak out about health stuff. And so, like, well, what is it? Like, the less... The less you, the less I know, the happier I am. <laughs> so, yeah, bliss. Uh, yeah, ignorance is bliss. That's that's it. That, yeah, and so there's a whole cohort that is with that. But then there's people like me who I'd be like, man, tell me right now. I want to find out. Like, <laughs> uh, I think that would that would help me a ton. Or, I, yeah, I think there's it just depends on the personality. The unfortunate truth is, we, I guess doctors don't necessarily know what the patient's going to be before they walk in the room. <laughs> yeah, they should they should let the patient definitely be involved in that decision yeah. for sure. Red pill versus blue pill, I think is the real argument. <laughs> Which one's the red pill? The, the, red pill is the truth. Yeah. The truth. Blue pill it's, is, it is really hard to, to find out you have a health condition and there's nothing you can do about it. Really stresses people out all the time. Like, uh, I I mean, there's there's definitely people that shouldn't be worried about that thing. I mean, that was why people argued against the EKG. The doctors argued against the EKGs on the Apple Watch for so long, uh, because you know people would freak out about some arrhythmia they had. Arrhythmias are pretty common, like small arrhythmias, and then they go to the doctor and waste time, basically. Yeah, they worry about it a lot too. But in the meantime, but I think the the thing I would worry about is like it not like working that well <laughs> and yeah, kind of yeah. providing false reassurance. Yeah. I think it, the, <laughs> and just got home, sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it works as I, I think it'll, it'll predispose to being more of a false positive than a false negative. Generally, I think that's how the algorithms are set. So they're not really missing, but, but it's causing more people to freak out than, I personally, I'm all for the all, data all the time, but I definitely see the side where people are against it. Yeah, I th- I think the the way that is set up, like if that's true, like which I'm not calling into question at all, would cause less harm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you're there's more false positives than false negatives. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly like don't have much of an opinion on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really don't either. It, but just the general idea of how much data, 
you know, there's the people that want the car, they want the whole dashboard. They like, they say, oh, we should have, we should have the dashboard of our bodies. Like everything, we should know what's going on, what genes we have, what, what predisposes us to this uh, all the time, 24 uh, seven, updated constantly. And then there's the people that ignorance is bliss. And it's, def- it's definitely a debate between the doctors. I see it all the time on Twitter. The most recent one was with the continuous glucose monitors and pre-diabetics or non-diabetics. Uh, so yeah, it's with the genetic test, the APOE4, I don't know if it's going to become commonplace or not to find out what you what genotype you are. Man, that blood sugar thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting one, but yeah, it's I uh, I definitely feel like we can do too much a lot of the time, especially it's like if you get your entire body scanned there are things that you might find that might never contribute to any health problems for you Mm -hmm. or technically not normal or whatever. Um, And that could lead to you getting an intervention for it that could cause harm. Mm -hmm. That's like, (laughs) yeah, intervention. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. And who knows? And, And then it comes down to at this point, probably just resources. It's like, I don't, we do not have the resources to scan everybody's body head to toe to see if they have a goober, which is yeah. what they would call like a goober <laughs> is I think what they call like just something that's abnormal, but like, it's just something it's weird. It's like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it usually. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. like, it's not why the person came in, but it's like, Oh, they also have this kind of goober. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a, everyone's bodies probably has something very wrong going on, but the body's really good at adapting. Uh, so i don't even know if it's very wrong or not very wrong but, but yeah it's just, just abnormal abnormal what <laughs> well i don't even know what percentage of things that we go after when we find it are actually going to end up causing anyone an issue yeah you no know? and what what is it like iatrogenic harm is mm-hmm. or was for a long time i think it's much less oh now. still it, <laughs> ah, that's the still secret it. they don't want you to know <laughs> it should be public i mean yeah people shouldn't be always scared to go to the doctor but like you when they tell you like doctors they're obligated to tell you risks and benefits mm-hmm. um, of everything that every intervention they do and you need to listen <laughs> yeah because it can happen to you for sure you should just know yeah. um sometimes and usually it, it seems like if you're doing the right thing as a doctor then the risks of not treating something are worse than the risks of treating it. That's and definitely the benefits hopefully outweigh all those risks. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I, it, it's, it's definitely, it's really yeah, difficult. it seems like the doctors have a hard time, hard uh, job to calculate risk versus reward. It's, I, I don't know. I think I always see it as if it's like, a, you know, the, if the risk is high, the reward better be survive like life. Yeah, is, <laughs> they were, they, we, we were talking about that on the last episode with the with the uh, new medicine that can or cocktail that can revive dead pigs an hour after mm-hmm. death. <laughs> I, was, I was saying like, what what better risk 
reward benefit could you possibly ask for? Yeah. If everything, fun yeah. it, assuming everything functioned normal, that's a big yeah. assumption. That's a big assumption. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big assumption. But like, that's the that's the perfect, the most perfect risk reward benefit. Uh, yeah. And so I think at, at you're just trying to find the the risk reward ratio, and a lot of things are worth it. Some some are not. Probably freaking out over glucose spikes is not worth your time if you're. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't thought that one through yet. Yeah. I definitely. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, I, I would say if you're going to give everybody insulin in the world and say if your blood sugar goes above 120, you better treat that. It's like you're going to kill people. Like people are going to yeah. go hypoglycemic and die constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, just knowing is like, it's like the anxiety, I guess, is the harm, but treatment is also much better than, anxiety. yeah. Like I'm more worried personally about giving someone unnecessary treatment that does a lot of harm to them. Um, that's the good doctor. The good, wait, <laughs> <laughs> not the, not the one on TV. Not the one on TV. Gentlemen, um, any last minute takes or hot takes that you want to leave the podcast with? Um, or any final thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Every every single um, high school should be teaching basic statistics. I mean, yeah. Thought, I mean, <laughs> it's very, it's difficult math. Uh, and it's, I feel really bad for people. Maybe we need to maybe not necessarily the statistics, but maybe to understand data. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even think you need to know the math behind stats. It's like, what's a confounding variable? What's a good study? Uh, why is, why is it so hard to deduce causation from just a set of data points, which we, we really went over pretty well in the middle of the podcast, I think. It would be, um, yeah, it'd be a different world. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure that the things that we said are probably over a lot of people's education level. And I don't mean anything negative about the people who it is because it's not their fault. I mean, it's, well, it's, it's above me too. seriously so. hard. <laughs> it's seriously hard. Um, I mean, I was an engineer and it, the math was difficult. Um, but even then it's, I don't know. It's like a, even when you're explaining something really well, you're probably saying something that is not clicking, um, unfortunately, but it's, it's true. Um, we should teach stats. You're right. <laughs> or understanding stats. Yeah. Um, well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of your busy study life and busy day. Um, I appreciate it. Um, go ahead, Keaton. Were you going to say something? No, no, I was saying. Okay. Uh, well, this has been Simply Technical. Don't forget to like, like, subscribe, share. Um, tell somebody you watched the whole hour. And uh, we'll see you next time.